This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Greg Miller, chubby, chubby, chubby. Justin Davis, Scoop. and Brian Altano. We've got a great show for you today. Lots of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about there's a new Batman game coming Woo! out. Uh, the uh, Uncharted writers leaving Naughty Dog. <gasps> but first, breaking news today <gasps> Jack Tretton <gasps> stepping down. <gasps> As president and CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment there he is, America, Big Jack. he's and a friend of yours. Yeah, big, big he's time been on, friend. He's been uh, up at noon. We've yeah. interviewed him in New York. I've he's been right here in this room. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sat in one of these two chairs. Yeah, my butt was in the other one though, so that's kind of gross. That's right. I mean, and related I jokes IGN about Sony. News. Yeah, I, yeah. I've interviewed. I covered PlayStation exclusively for IGN for like six and a half years. I've talked to Jack Trent a lot. Sad to see him go, but what a time for him to go, right? PlayStation 4 is on top. That's what I wanted to ask. Is it, yeah. it seems like a strange time for me, right? Like, they just launched a PlayStation 4. They're riding this huge wave of success. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm out. Like, he didn't want to, like, stick around a little bit longer? Like, I mean, he, he I mean, stuck around not. a long time, right? Like, 19 yeah. years. He's been there since they started S, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment yeah, America. he was part of the team that launched the original PlayStation. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. he's been around forever. Yeah. He's been there for every console launch. So I think, if anything... You get tired of a job, or you know, you want you want to go out on a high note, like Seinfeld. Right? I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the one so that I always go back to. If he leaves during PlayStation Three era, it's always going to be oh, and Sony kind of went through this rough and tumble time, and you know they turned it around, but they were never great or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now the, he gets under the to be, troubled tenure of yeah, 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 Jack yeah. Tretton. Yeah. But no, then no, Jack Buser ascends up, and he's the one who saves the day. Nah, Jack Buser. Not because not only did he help launch the PS4, but the PS4 is doing phenomenal right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a good. I agree with you. It's it's a good and a bad time to kind of like push the baby bird out of the nest or whatever. Or maybe he's the, ba- the bird. 
I'm sure he felt. <laughs> no. What? Which one's learning to fly? The he PS4. would be the bird. He would be leaving the nest. The nest is so. No, no the console's the bird. Yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 so he pushed. The, but the bird left a while ago. It was time for the <laughs> PS4 to fly, and he helped it. And now it's flying. And now so he's going to go he, to another, build another nest. I was going to say, and now he's abandoning his nest. <laughs> do we know what nest he's going to? No, I don't think we but do. But it's like the baby okay. bird's growing he up. Says, he he's excited anymore. for the next chapter in his career. Zynga. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, I do think that that's exactly what happened. I think he probably has known for a while, either for personal reasons or professional reasons or whatever reasons. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I feel like my time at Sony's winding down. But you have to get that console launched. Yeah. And, established and make sure that like you know that's set for the next while and you feel responsible for it now that that's happened it seems like a good you know if not now when like when right. would be the time to go not before a console comes out certainly yeah. yeah do you remember the name of the gentleman that's replacing him Sean Layton that sounds right maybe. Professor Layton it's actually Professor Layton I can check for you he's coming over from a division of Sony I'm not familiar with and don't Sean White yeah I thought it was the Sean network. White professional snowboarder I thought it was the Sony Entertainment Network the anyway. SN Anyway, I thought so, but I guess I don't remember. Well, we're about to find out. Everybody. I just wonder who's going to be who's going to host their uh, E3 press conference. Yeah, because his his yeah. thing at E3 last year was awesome. He's like a rock star. Yeah. He's getting good. This is also weird. Like this, uh, like this giant face. I mean, like <laughs> no, like no, no disrespect. He's just like the legions of of PlayStation kids out there like this guy. Like think he's cool. Yeah, this. <sighs> Right, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone, like, <laughs> everyone I think likes Jack. I don't know. Like, here's here might be the thing you're talking about who will, who will supersede him and come out on the stage at the next conference, yeah. right? Yeah. I think in Shuhei Yoshida and Adam Boys, you have two fan favorites. Yep. like they're people. Sure, the yeah. kids now know them from that sharing video, right? Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. you need somebody who's like. You know, like Shu, don't get me wrong, but sometimes in PlayStation videos they caption Shu when he's speaking in English. <laughs> so they're like, we understand some of our fan base can't yeah. understand Shu all the time. But Adam, like, could totally come out and be that guy. He'll yeah. be like, what's up, guys? Yeah, yeah we made all these cool games. Like, it's he same, you gotta have a dude, it's like Reggie at Nintendo. Yeah. You know, it's like Peter Moore at Microsoft. Like, you gotta have a dude like that that well, can know. transcend. You now know, they, they need the new dude. They need like, the new well, it's funny that that's not their job, right? Like, their job is to be good at business and be very smart at yeah. that. But they also need to be able to come out and be charismatic. And the small part that's like one percent of their job is all that like a large part of the fans of that console ever see. You know, yeah. is when they're on stage. Yeah. I like mean, if they, it, let's say they were really bad on stage, but sure. he was awesome at the rest of his job. He would he'd keep his job, right? Well, I like, mean, yeah. for Kaz Harai was pretty bad on stage. Sure, yeah, that's a great well, example. Really he got better, oh, guys. Really? But then they kind of then they kind of pushed him to the side. So who knows? But it is it is interesting that like the you know sort of the company figureheads for Sony and Microsoft have. Well, yeah. What away. other in, in what other industry are CEOs like considered rock stars by youth, the youth of America? Yeah, yeah. The youths. <laughs> two youths. <laughs> two, two youths. Anyway. Jack Shredden, what? That's what? a good joke, come on. I like that, I'll have to wait. I hope Sorry, that's a My Cousin Vinny reference. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get those enough. So you to cross that one off for the week. <laughs> yeah, good. You're always saying we don't make another enough My Cousin Vinny references. <laughs> that's all you say these days. It's, yeah. it's always in my, my voice. Obviously, we wish Jack Shredden the best. Our, our audience is going to miss him a lot, you can tell in the comments. Yeah. No, He'll be okay. Yeah. Obviously, we'll be following Sony very closely. We, I just wanted to ask, like, is there weird stuff going on with Sony right now? Like, obviously, the PS4 is a big success, but we, you know, the Santa Monica layoffs. Yeah. Um, there's other things, too. Oh, yeah, Amy Hennig leaving. Yeah, Amy Hennig um, coming Naughty up. Dog, we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And, then, and then Jack Tretton leaves. Is that weird? I don't know if it's weird stuff in terms... It could all be related. It might not all... It, you know what I mean? I don't think Jack leaving has anything to do with that, that stuff. I mm. think Jack leaving is just like, it's time. I've been at this a long time with one company, and now I want to go out on a high note. Santa Monica layoffs, we've talked about before on Game Scoop, right? That, and I talk about it a lot on Beyond, and the fact that 
I think that video games right now, it's the same cycle over and over again. I think people see studios build up and then lay people off. And I think that yeah. you get to this point, even though Santa Monica is an established studio, God of War has a great track record, they help all these other people make their games and get out, there's, it's still business. And so they see something in this game that they canceled that they didn't like, and then you cancel that game and you're like, now we have all these people who yeah, aren't yeah. working on anything and can't go help out with yeah, so, unfinished Swan 2. Sony's such a big company with so many moving parts in it that I think that... Uh, when you have a couple things happen in one week, it looks like a bigger pattern than it actually is. Right. It's sure. like when you know, like Andrew Goldfarb leaves IGN, and then like uh, the the bagel guy is late, and then the the thing doesn't work, and the vi- one of the videos is broken. Everyone's like, "Oh man, this whole company is falling apart." But really, it's just it's three isolated incidents out of like thousands of people that work for a giant corporation. So. Yeah. Um, like I don't really know how connected the the Amy Henning thing is or the the layoff story. It's like I think what Greg said. Like it's actually become almost normal in this industry to build a team, create a game, ship it, and then everyone's gone the next day. I mean, the just happened with Thief. Like just yeah. a few days ago, yeah. and it mm. just then those guys will move on to like another. Like that's how it goes, and, and people get it. Like when we saw the irrational layoffs, right? There was <clears> then immediately a job fair there. Yeah. Like we need to scoop people up for our next project. Yep. It's, it sucks that they have to be like traveling gypsies, but... Yeah. That's why, something that Justin and I were talking about the other day, I wonder if the video game industry should be more like the movie industry. Yeah, I totally right? so think like, so. Right, so like, you have a crew that works on a movie, and then yeah. when the movie's done, like, they oh, go on okay. to their next project, right? But They're not mean, like full-time employees. Do you mean, do you think as far as unionizing? I do. Well, they have to do that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. So you have like a director that runs a movie, and then he brings on his crew, and then they make the game, and then... So it's like you assemble, you assemble a dream team for each project. Yeah. Like a director has, you know, certain DPs and other key positions that he likes to collaborate with the same sure. people over sure, and over. Sure, sure, sure. And then presumably those people that are, you know, one step down also have, you know... People they like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people they like, and then they bring their whole crew with them. You get the one guy, then you get his mm-hmm. crew. Mm-hmm. And then it I guess it kind of already ha- happens, right? Sort of. It happens a little bit, but the issue is it disrupts people's sure. you know, insurance and things like that. Like yep, if, yep, you, yep, yep. if there was a union, like the equivalent of like you could have a SAG card or something and just move from project to project... I, in my opinion, you know, and again, I haven't done like a tremendous amount of research on this, sure. but I, it, on the surface of it, it seems like something that would be healthy for this business, mm-hmm. I think. Sean Latham. It like is 30 late. minutes later, I was able to finally <laughs> dig through this email. He's currently the executive vice president at, and COO of Sony Network Entertainment International. It's a very long title. Very much. Yeah. Luckily, Sony Computer Entertainment America president and CEO I mean, is a bit It's true. like still half, it. like half as long as, as the other one. Yep. Anyway, all right, moving on. South Park, The Stick of Truth, was finally released this week. It's fantastic. After a so very good. long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys have both played it. Yep. Beaten it. You yep. guys both love it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. It was one of those uh, um, I didn't care how nice it was outside kind of games yep. where mm. I just I had to finish it in a weekend. I just I wanted to keep nice. playing it. And it's... it's Greg and I have talked a lot <laughs> I about... I like how the B-roll Oransky chooses is the anal rape stuff that's banned in all to these countries. To be fair, I chose it. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm still going to blame Mike Oransky. Yeah, so I mean, I, South Park does a lot of things right, and it, it, it did some stuff for me that I didn't really know it would. Like, I, for years I've been asking for uh, a 12-hour-long RPG. I think I've said it on this show, yeah. and then all these people wrote in, and they're like, that's ridiculous. You can't yeah. make a 12-hour RPG. You can't establish characters and stuff like that. I'm like, well, why not? You know, why not make, why not strip away a lot of the nonsense that bloats a lot of the things in the RPG genre and just cut it down to what it should be, which is uh, a party with some cool characters and a cool story and a quest and uh, battles that happen sort of randomly and uh, go from there. And, you know, you, you level up and you get new items and stuff like that. Now, you couple that with what I've, I think is probably the funniest video game I've ever played. That's what I want to ask. I agree. Like, is that, are we ready to, like, 
Declare yes. South Park the Singer yes. the funniest game ever made. I, yes. I think so. Yeah. Screw so yeah. you, know, Portal 2. I mean, well, well, okay, I mean, whatever. Monkey Island, I don't know, fill in the game that no, you No, that's the thing, like, when I said it and people were like, well, what about these games? I was like, those are also funny, I remember yeah. those, but this is funnier. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I can't, even in Portal 2, I, I laughed and thought that was so funny. But like I was in hysterics in South Park. There's yeah. like parts where you're literally like it just gets crazier and crazier, and you're doing all this other stuff, but you're still like, I, I was like in hysterics, laughing. About yeah, Greg and I are like. texting each other, but he's like, "You're about to get to this part, and it's one of the most ridiculous set pieces in video games. And when you get to it, you'll know." And the second I got to it, I was like, "I've never seen anything like that." And I don't even know how they got this past the ESRB here in, in the United <laughs> States. I have no idea. When like, I read all these stories about it getting banned and all over the all over the places, all these different things are getting cut. I was like, I, I totally get it. But how everything got through here, A-OK, mm. shocking to me. Yeah. Shocking. I am excited to play it. I think what excited me most is uh, in Ryan McCaffrey's review, he says it, it's like the 18th season of the show or whatever yeah. the next yeah. season of the show is. Like, mm. it's, there's that much content in it, you know, that many jokes, that many sort of subplots. And I mean, and that's the thing. We're talking about the huge set pieces being funny. It's still one-liners. Like, I, you know, I yep. could ruin... There's so many things that, like, they just like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, my, like, I was just laughing at it. Like, yeah, I, I like, love, like another thing that I love, I, you know, again, I haven't had a chance, unfortunately, to play it yet. Did you play it on 360? I played it on PS3. I need to borrow a 360 copy from somebody because my PS3 is busted. Oh. Um, or I guess I can just buy it. But um, I'm very excited for those little details. That's something that you're always going on about and Ryan's always going on about. Like, you can open a random drawer or closet and, yeah. like, it's just, here's 12 more references to 12 episodes Yeah, all of the, the show. kids' closets are completely not interactive. You open mm-hmm. them up and it's just a static shot, but it's, it's a static awesome. shot of all these things. It's, it's like, an episode guide of, yeah. all, of all the, like, crazy adventures they went on before that. And I, I found myself, like, I, I consider myself sort of a... A, a lapsed South Park fan, sure. as in like I, I loved it for a long time, and then because of whatever, I stopped watching it sure. every week. And yeah. their schedule's weird. It's like, here's eight episodes in a row, then we're taking a year off, and then here's 16, and yeah. whatever it is. Uh, but this felt to me like, when I think about this game, it meshes with the show and the movie as part of just this universe. Like, it all sort of came together. Like, I think about it one and the same, which I can't really say for a lot, probably maybe any anything licensed I've ever played, mm-hmm. where I can go, oh, you know, this Lord of the Rings game reminds me of the movie in the same way. Like, I, I remember these Star Wars uh, books are just like the, right. the video games or whatever. But South Park, it looks and feels just like the show. Like, and, that's the benefit of being made by, I mean, it's made by Obsidian, but having yeah. Matt and Trey so deeply involved yep. that, right. like, some people are saying this is this like the best licensed game ever and then it's like well you know there's Batman is a game of the year contender so you know maybe don't go that far but I agree with you totally that it feels the most like a part of that universe. Like, yeah, I absolutely love the Batman games, but you know, I don't feel like 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 they're not tied to a movie. It feels like this other separate thing. Yeah, it feels like its own thing. Even though it's a Batman license, it feels like its own thing. Because Paul originally from the animated series, Paul Dini in in Conroy Mm -hmm. and Hamill always said, yeah, this is the extension of up. But when they got rid of Dini, they started making things. And now you see in the Mr. Freeze origin DLC coming out that's a retelling an episode of Batman. It's like yeah. really well because because Batman means different things to different people. Like for you, it might be the movies. For for you, it might be the comics. For you, it yeah. might be the animated series. And for me, it's like action figures I had when I was a kid. It's been splintered off in so many different ways. But South Park is South Park. I it's mean, like Batman will always be Batman eighty nine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but but South Park is South Park, and it's it's these like uh, construction paper characters saying crude things and pooping on each other, and it looks the way it looks, and the game looks the way the show looks, and. When you control a character for the first time, and what I really love, like little details, when they bop around, they bop around. But like you can save and you leave, but and then you come back and it makes that noise when a when South Park comes back from commercial guitar riff. It's like, wow, okay, I don't know if anyone nailed it. We're all off. 
off there. Uh, I can't play guitar. You're like a banjo. <laughs> I like a, so, uh, a Seinfeld thing going on there. But it, it comes right back to that, and you have like two seconds where you're hanging on the screen. You're like, is the show gonna start? Oh, I have to play this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. So I, I really dig that about it. I think, yeah. I mean, it got great reviews, but one of the criticisms that people did have is it's sort of an RPG light. Like, it's more like Paper Mario. But mm. for me, that's not a con. For me, no, that's a yeah, pro. Not at like, all, yeah. Brian like, was saying he loves yeah. it. I'm not a big JRPG gamer. I, mean, I am enjoying Bravely Default right now, but generally speaking, that's not a genre I do a lot of. And so that's why, like, whenever someone says, you know, your review was wrong and I'm mad at you, I'm always like, you need to look at it through the lens of your own personal taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, you know, a con of this game is the RPG system's not deep enough, but me, I'm not looking for a deep right. RPG system, then I know that I'm probably going to like this game a little more than the reviewer did. Yeah. So I actually, that's part of what makes me so hyped. That's actually, that's actually a, a lot about why I loved it was because it takes a lot of the stuff from RPGs and it really boils it down. Like, we've been playing RPGs for so long where you're on a world map and there's a random battle, and uh, during the battle your, your side character gets poisoned. And then you get out of the battle and you're like, oh shit, I gotta go to an inn, I gotta get this guy back to speed. In South Park, 99% of the battles end, and then they end. And all the status stuff that happens during the battle, it doesn't matter, your health gets regenerated, you're, you're, uh, you're not poisoned. There's only one thing in the game that you carry with you outside of the battle. And it's just for a joke. It's just for a laugh. And it's AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to ruin it for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> for me, I mean, like, yeah, like, I, this is, this reminds me, r- the battles in this remind me so much of Costume Quest. And I love Costume Quest. I love Quest, Costume right? Quest. And so, like, playing it and jumping in, and then the added layer of, there's all, you're always finding new loot. You, you get this new sword, it's a better than the last sword, you yep. get this new hat, it's a better than the last hat. You go in there, then you get new patches to put on that to augment the equipment, and like experimenting with all that so that at the end I was doing like plus 80 fire damage every time yeah. I just punched someone. I was like, this is awesome. And the, the world's covered in uh, side quests and really cool little things to do. And you, don't, you can never really tell if you're wasting your time doing them or if they're part of the quest. Like It does this really good thing where it weaves everything together. We are like, I guess I'll collect all five of the underpants. Oh, wait, I had to do that. Well, I was yeah. doing that anyway. Yeah, Great, yeah. now I'm done. Oh, I guess I'll go fight Man Bear Pig. Oh, that was a side quest to get a special item or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't beat you down too much with like this best, best of greatest hits role of uh, stuff you'd expect from the show. I, was, I thought it was going to be like, here's Saddam Hussein, here's Satan, here's the, yeah. you know, Tawali. And it weaves all the references in very yeah. naturally. Right. I tried too good for that. Yeah. Seems like it's a... Phenomenal success. Yeah. All around. Only things I don't like are the fart tutorials that, like, you sit there and it's like, no, do it this way. And it shows you again, you do it that way. No, do it this way. No, yeah. do it this way. I will punt my controller <laughs> through the window. Yep. Just yep. tell them right in words what you want me to do. All right, does that happen in the beginning? It happens throughout the game. Oh, okay. You learn new farts. Four farts. I'm going to play this weekend. Yeah. Sweet. Let us know. Report sh- back. Uh, okay, Batman Arkham Knight yeah. announced this week. There's been rumors, was sort of. Uh, yeah. leaked a little bit. We've known this was coming forever. Yeah. Kevin biggest, Conroy. You look at the stats. It's the biggest thing on IGN this week, right? Or was it? Uh, South Park is the biggest thing oh, on sure. IGN this week. This has been number two. Uh, this will complete the Arkham Trilogy. From Rocksteady. Right? Rocksteady's Rock Arkham Trilogy. Okay, yeah. Which doesn't include Origin. Yeah, last year we got Arkham Origins. Yeah. Um, which wasn't as well received, but you you still liked it a lot. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it didn't, you know, people give it crap because they're like, oh, it doesn't feel like Rocksteady, but I'm like... If they would have hidden who made it, I think not as many people would have complained. It's one of those mm-hmm. when, when you know someone who made the original isn't behind it, I think there's already a chip on your shoulder. And then for PC and a whole bunch of other people, there were a lot of game, not a lot, but there were game-breaking bugs, like yeah. people falling through the world and crap yeah. like that. And uh, some tacked on multiplayer. 
What do you think? You excited? Oh yeah, totally. Aren't you? Yeah. Uh, what I like a lot about it is that it's next gen only. Yep. Like, so, guess yeah, what, that's, everybody? That's <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. I think yeah. that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like, I think they're gonna they're leaving a lot of fans out in the cold. Yeah, I lost I lost the bet to Justin over this. I yeah, bet sure. him lunch because I was like I was like it's got to come to PS3 and Xbox because crazy. there's like 160 million of those out there yeah. and that's you're leaving money on a table. Yeah. But you know we're in that we're finally in that spot and Justin said I don't know I think like we're gonna reach that wall where we hop over and we transition. And everyone behind the walls just kind of left there, and you got to get on the next gen train, otherwise well, you're missing this out. This year, this fall is going to be the slightly awkward fall where you are going to see some games like Batman like, that are next know, gen only, and then some games one that foot aren't. in last gen, one yeah, foot in and it really gen. is sort of on a case by case basis, a studio by studio basis. Do they have the resources? Because it can't be the same team; it'll have to be a separate, you know, sort of sub team yeah. working on the last gen port. So it's like, can they do that? Rocksteady is not a gigantic company, yeah. so that last gen port would have had to be outsourced. Who's going to work on that? Like, I'm sure there is a huge amount of back and forth at WB and Rocksteady and then eventually they just said look this is the vision for the game we're making yep. it can't support a last gen console that's what makes me I don't know if that's what you were going to say but that's what makes me so excited yeah totally yeah. they talk about yeah. how many dozens of people can right. be on the screen now to fight yeah. like when I hear we're going next gen only to me that says it wouldn't have been possible to do, like we exactly. can't just like make it lower as textures and slap it on the 360 sure. yeah. as, a, as a gamer who will play the game that makes me very excited that yeah. it's current gen only mm-hmm. but just as if I look at it from a business perspective, yeah. then I'm like, it's that's crazy. Be, it's got to be terrifying. Like, right? but I mean, it is, right? And it is terrifying, and there is money they're leaving on the table. But if you think of how successful the consoles have been, mm-hmm. you know, Xbox One and PlayStation 4, yeah. and then give it another however many, oh, it's October is what yeah. the GameStop yeah. leaked. Or I mean, whatever, like, so. analysts thought that combined they could sell 30 million consoles yeah. this year. So, I mean, right. that's... And then you figure this is the one to keep pushing people to do that, right? Well, you heard, I mean, I know it's well outside of the launch window, but it's still delivering something that next-gen gamers want. And when you do that, and if it's high quality, I think I we read that Killzone Shadowfall sold over 2 million copies, yeah. I think they announced. And, like, there's only 6 million PS4s out there, and they sold over 2 million copies mm-hmm. of that game. And that's partially because, you know, they're feeding an audience that's hungry. Right. They'll for, buy anything. Yeah, no way, right? hungry for content. And I don't know how much that's going to be the case by October, but... I, you know, I think it's going to make the game more appealing to Xbox One and PS4 owners. And I think, yeah, what'll be, what you'll be hungry for at that time, right, is a quality experience that's built for that console. Yeah. You've already seen your Assassin's Creed upresed version. You've and I like that. I respect WB for, you know, letting Rocksteady follow through on their vision. They said, look, we have a vision for what we want to do with this game. It's going to take us three years, and uh, we're, pro- you know, we're not going to be able to do it on last-gen consoles. It has to be next-gen only. And WB... You know, maybe it was a huge fight. I don't know, but yeah. in the end, they ended up saying, "Okay, you know, all right, do, you know, do what you're gonna do," and that has me really hyped. The Batman, the Arkham franchise is huge. I wonder if it's strong enough to to move consoles, to sell consoles. People are like, "Okay, well, now I'm gonna get a PS4 because I I have to play Batman: Arkham Knight." Well, I'm, I think if they if they do this thing where they say, you know, uh, this is completing a trilogy, and this mm-hmm. is why, where it's kind of strange to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a big chunk of the people that played the first parts of the trilogy uh, on past gen, yeah. uh, past consoles, but uh, they're going to have no choice but to be like, I need to play the next one of those because the last few were fantastic. So it's strange to leave them all behind, but I mean, they're going to have to make the jump eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't put it past that WB Montreal is working on the th- porting the other three games: Origin, Arkham, or, or Asylum, and City, all over in one collection that'll get announced at E3. Sure. And come out. That doesn't mean confirm. You're just guessing. No, yeah, I'm, I'm saying don't put it past. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way, you're like, oh, well, here you go. Yeah. What I what I really like about this one is uh, the all the talk they have about the Batmobile and how yeah. it's re it's 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 redone their their whole uh, city planning and everything. Like they're they're making the streets wider. Like they're changing the dynamics of the entire game. But it did get me thinking. Like you played Saints Row Four, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, how often did you want to drive a car in that game? Well, I, yeah. Never, I mean, yeah. yeah. I just ran, and I used my super speed to go. Exactly. Over, and I would so, jump everywhere. I was yeah. thinking the same really thing. Fun. They're going to need to, they're gonna, uh, you know, Rocksteady's smart enough that they will figure out a way. Yeah. But they're going to need to really make that map mobile feel so good and fun that you don't just want to go It's got, everywhere. I mean, it's gonna, I imagine it's in controlled instances. Like, I, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I would think it would be like, you oh, I know. I don't know. I, I assumed it was like, going to be open. Like, yeah, I, they, but they, did, they did imply that you're basically indestructible. In the Batmobile, like yeah. anybody on the road who's just like, "Hey, Batman, drive over him." <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what's going to entice me to get in that in that car? Aside from that, it's iconic and awesome. Besides, just like flying over the city, which is even more fun. Mm-hmm. I like how they have to keep coming up with more and more fantastical reasons for the city to be empty of yeah. everybody yeah, but yeah, thugs. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Christmas, and there's a storm. So there's now, now this time they're evacuating everybody. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Christmas one was like, so there's literally nobody. I don't go just on Christmas it's, Eve. Do you well, go yeah, see your but, family and then go home? No, nobody no. at all. There's not any Jewish families or somebody that's not <laughs> celebrating. No, they all they all know. Everything's it, closed. It's so it's safe that if Batman sees you walking around, you're dead. You, it's yeah. over. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a great thing if he, uh, there was one mission where he dropped in to fight somebody. It's like a family coming home. <laughs> We lost our dog. <laughs> <laughs> so they announced a release date in October. It's coming this year. Did they announce that, or is that what GameStop put on their site? I thought it was official. I think, but now you're making me I, The day of, we guess. were doing Coco, so we were yeah. running around like yeah. crazy. I remember that we added into the Rewind Theater that that's what GameStop said, but that wasn't. I didn't At the time, oh. I don't think it was confirmed. I guess I thought it was official, but now you have me doubting. Well, if GameStop it's this year says, for sure. It's like October 14th. Anyway, my point is, uh, Arkham Origins just came out a year ago. You know, So like, do we worry about... Like, is this another annualized franchise now? Do we get a Batman game every year, and will, does that lower the quality? I would like that, but I don't think we will. You, you, want it, you want a Batman game? Yeah, right? totally. Everybody got all. Ugh, I can't believe WB is putting out Origins, and look at how look at all the problems it has. And it was like, it doesn't. Yeah. This is a great game. I had a great time. It was an awesome story. Like, yeah, I had I had a lot of. I was I was right there with you. I had a lot of fun with that game, and I didn't mind that there was one out the year before that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I mean, I feel like it's. It's sort of different to me than like annualizing. I, I don't have a problem inherently with annualizing something if the quality is good enough, right? Yeah. Like Assassin's Creed Four was annualized. That franchise well, has always that been franchise, right? And but hasn't the quality suffered? Like they're not here all and good, there, right? Like it's kind of on and off. Like I, I liked two. I liked Summer Brotherhood. I liked four. I hated three. Right. Maybe. I mean, I think I really there were two. So there are Revelations and uh, three were not very well received, but the yeah. other ones have all been great. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's different to me, like to to give me like a whole open world game that I can play around in every year. I think it's pretty cool. You figure the thing is that they're not reinventing the wheel like Assassin's yeah. Creed every yeah. year. Assassin's Creed's like here's this new location, here's this new character, here's this, and they're just like it's Batman and something else is happening in Gotham. And I'm like, this is the animated series I watched every. But they yep, could do that totally. with Batman. I mean, eventually. It's right? hard to say. It'll really be. It'll be twenty. We're in twenty fourteen now, right? Yeah. What year is it? Uh, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> it'll be twenty fifteen that really tells this tale because uh, Origins existed because of what I was saying before. Rock he said, "Look, we our vision for this game is a three year. Yeah, we need yeah. three years to make this game." And uh, WB said, "Okay, but we can't wait three years. We can't rest this franchise for three years." And that's where Origins came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, will they do the same thing? You know, in 2015, will they say, "All right, let's get"? You know, is the Origins team working on another sort of side I Batman? I game? wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. I mean, and you look at, you look at the way Call of Duty structured now, yep. and it's now to three teams. Three teams, and, three years each. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's always one coming out that always feels different enough because a new team's working on it. 
And I do think, I, so I didn't like Origins as much as you two. I didn't finish it. And mm-hmm. I, I, again, I wonder how much that's mental because I knew it wasn't rock steady. Yeah, like, that's like what I was talking about. Yeah, I think if people, but I didn't, if you I, could hide that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it felt as good. I didn't think the, I, I like the story was really the only part that I did like about it. But um, what I'm getting at is like the Sledgehammer, first Sledgehammer Call of Duty was really bad too. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, then they eventually got better and better until like the B team can kind of in some ways become the A team. And so, yeah. yep. If they get another crack at it and it can improve and get closer to Rocksteady's, like, you know, ridiculous 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 quality, then, you know, then that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I do like that a game gets announced, we see a trailer for it, and we already know that it's coming by the end of the year. Right. Like, that's, that's really that's cool. Like, so that's really cool. You know, like... I, yeah, I, not like the Uncharted teaser that you're like, Uncharted, right. like, see what's ya, it mean? peace. Smash Brothers. Like, oh, that's a logo, thanks. <laughs> um, but I was talking about this, or we're, we were tweeting back and forth about this, but I was like, I'm surprised that we're, we're still not seeing, like, you don't see, like, PS4 gameplay. You don't see next-gen gameplay. Like, in these mm. teaser trailers, it's all it's still all CG. Like, no matter what consoles that we get... That bothers me, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like show 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 me what I can do with this new toy I just bought, you know? Like But I think that you're gonna see it and it's gonna look more like yeah. what it looks like. It's sure. setting tone and mood. Like I guess I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, it's better than passing off like people are now comparing uh, the Watchdogs twenty twelve reveal to the footage that's out today and how much worse the real yeah. game looks yeah. than sort of the smoke and mirrors from yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah. And it's like don't do that either. Like at <laughs> least this is like, yeah, it's a cinematic trailer to give you like a taste of the world we're building and I mean the I thing about this one is right, like I know for a fact you do not have to wait long to know how this game looks and runs. So that's true. That's we'll be true. reporting incredibly soon on what's happening with yep. this and what it looks like. So did they have you, their first you, splash and they're all set. Your Rewind Theater sort of goes over the whole thing, so people should watch mm-hmm. that. But you think that there's some interesting timeline stuff going on in this game, right? It's possible. Like it's one of the, you know Rewind Theaters are all about just picking everything apart and trying to figure it out. But I do think that Bruce looks young in this. The well, cars my- are dated for sure. There's a license plate that says 1979. It's like I don't understand exactly what's happening. And there's the whole father to son thing when they're talking right. over it. Granted, Gotham's always been stylized, right? Especially in like the 89 Batman, right? Like those cars weren't 1989 cars. So it's, I don't look at it and think, well, there you go. Sure. I'm more interested that there was rumors before about Hush coming in and being mm-hmm. a part of it, right? And then uh, uh, Rocksteady comes out and says that this is the end for them, right? A lot of the people pointed out that we didn't talk about it in our rewind that the whole talk of you know the fire and the logo and stuff r- relates back to Asriel's conversation with Batman in Arkham City. Hush was in I Arkham City. I forgot about that. There's a lot of loose ends. Exactly. And when they bring these back together, my real uh, guess and what I've been saying and making my prediction is that in this game, similar to how Robin had a cameo in Arkham City, Superman and, and or Wonder Woman yeah. show up. I like, totally do you need help with this? And he's like, no, get out of here. But that sets up the Justice League game that Rocksteady is then working on after I, this. That would be awesome if that was actually just the whole scene. Like you're playing do you need somewhere. help? Get, get out, out of here. Come right. on. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that idea. I love, I really, really hope that this game has, I know it has multiple playable characters, but I hope it has multiple playable characters in the GTA V way. I hope oh, you can switch well, between right. characters on the fly. Or if not this one, they do do a Justice League game where that's how that game works. Yeah. It's cool. a no-brainer. Like. I, I think it's the first like confirmed uh, like holiday game mm. this year, and like the the latest game that we know of that's coming this year. The latest, you know, that makes sense. The that game so. yeah. with yeah. the release date that we know of that's coming the latest this year. Instantly, wow. one of my most anticipated games. Yes, yeah, we are very excited for Batman: Arkham Knight. This week, we put up an article on uh, what was it the ten hardest games we've ever played. Uh, yeah, each editor. I want to see myself out. Why? I gotta blow my nose, and I, I wasn't part of this article, so I'll be back. Okay. I'm just sitting here sniffling like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to flip your mic off. I know how to do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, ten most difficult games 
that we played, right? Yeah. Well, that's not exactly. Each editor got to share the, the game that they had yeah, yeah, their yeah. hardest game ever. And it might have been 10 total. I'm not sure. Yeah. So it was uh, Dark Souls, mm-hmm. Battletoads, <laughs> FTL, Dota 2, and Sword Quest Earthworld. <laughs> Chuck picked this one. This is yeah. a twenty an Atari twenty six hundred game. Dating, he's dating himself a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little I, mean, bit. I had a tw- an Atari twenty six hundred, but I didn't know this. I don't even, never even heard of that game. It's apparently, right it's apparently uh, there were planned four games in the series, and it was like a contest. It's gonna be a whole contest of yeah, who for can people get who like them all, and you're yeah, gonna win. Like, there was like a cash prize of like fifty thousand dollars. Oh, I, is it? I don't remember the details. I think it was like a goblet, like a goblet with jewels on it that was gonna be valued at fifty thousand dollars. I might be thinking of something else, but yeah, there was gonna be some huge reward at the end. So that's what in the mail for somebody. <laughs> They're waiting for that. But they, well, they never, never finished. finished yeah. Yeah. Oh, even better. they never finished the even series. Video games. Uh, TMNT on NES, the first initial the first game. one. Yeah, yeah. I want to be the guy. Be the guy. It's I Want to Be the Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demon Souls, Jurassic Park on Super Nintendo, and Ghosts and Goblins, which I definitely agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So those are just 10 games that we picked, right? Yep. I do want to point out, the, the, everybody liked that feature, and everybody shared in the comments um, mm-hmm. what their sort of hardest game was. But some people were mad that we left off games like Contra. This wasn't like a list of these are the hardest games ever. Each editor got to pick one. That yeah. was like their like, white whale. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why, you know, just... Contra, the original Contra? Yeah. It's, That's not even the hardest Contra. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so hard. <laughs> it's very hard. If it's, you're not using the code, like, yeah, even if you're using the code, difficult. you're gonna make it like two more levels. So. I, I, I was I was friends with crazy people in college that would come over and they just me- memorized it and they could they could finish the whole game in like thirty minutes yeah. without the thirty man code. But yeah, that's a very hard game without that. I mean, uh, most of the Konami code games were sort of like you had to play them like that. Yeah. Well, Battletoads, Battletoads is on another level, man. Gosh. That was my pick. Yeah, and like I can't believe like everyone talks about how much they love Battletoads. I'm like, motherfucker, what you love are the first two levels of Battletoads because <laughs> yeah. that's all you ever got to play. It's just that thing where you're a kid, you thought you're bad at games. You're like, oh, I'm too young. I'm not fast enough. I can't think on my feet. Right. You, you meet kids later, like, no, that game was impossible. Yeah. You weren't. <laughs> yeah. We you always had some like, friend with a game genie who thought they had. Well, yeah, that was once. Clutch. I think t- once or twice in my life did I beat that speeder level. Ever. And then you mm-hmm. get to the next level and you're like, bah, then the next one's even harder, and then you just die. It's it's Back pretty telling that there's uh there's like three any there's three NAS games on this list, right? Yeah. And there uh, could have been way more. Ghosts and Goblins, Battle Yeah, Tones. I mean Ghosts and Goblins was an arcade game yeah. first. Um Sure. I yeah. Yeah. The I th- I don't yeah, the NES version's really hard too though. Yeah. What I wanna ask you guys about is like games ha- games have gotten easier, right? Yeah. Or if or if developers just gotten better at Teaching you how to play the games, introducing the techniques. I don't know. What do you think? Both. Yeah. Both. Absolutely. Like I mean, if you look at like the the modern day version of Battletoads would be something like Donkey Kong Country Returns or Rayman, right? Yeah. Rayman doesn't have lives, so right out right out the gate, no hey, lives. Just so, saving your game yeah. alone. Make the exact same game that you had before, but let people start the level over instead of start the game over. Like yeah. my my memory with Ninja Turtles was me and my uh, friend who lived down the street got to the final boss, and his mom came home with dinner. And when she walked in the room, the NES was on the floor, and it reset. And you murder her. Yeah, and yes. then she died, and we ate her. What about the, why didn't you eat the dinner she brought? I don't remember. We were, we were in <laughs> such a rage, I don't remember. <laughs> I never, I, we never attempted to get to the end again, because it was like, hey, forget it. This is like, you, you can't, I mean, you're, ba- you're not even battling video games at that point. You're battling save states and passwords yeah. and batteries and all this other nonsense that, like, you know, nowadays it's just like, oh, it's yeah. in the cloud. It's fine. You might, like, nobody walks yeah. in the cloud with dinner and breaks everything. You right? know the cloud's not actually up in the sky, right? <laughs> it's right in <laughs> okay, I'm looking at it. There's a lot of hand-holding in games yeah. today, right? It's a lot of press sure. A to jump, you know, press forward to walk. 
mean, yeah. that's the big jump, right? Or the big joke, right? Is if you were the level one one of Mario, if yeah. it were done today, we'd yeah. be like, you know, you can press left and right and the A button to jump. Yeah. Don't touch that Goomba. Head left to Toad's item shop for yeah. 99 cents. You can get 100 lives. Like, they sure. don't, they don't, it's very different now. I do think games are better at, uh, so difficulty used to be an excuse for replayability. Games are short, man. Like, I don't know how yeah, long like Battletoads was, but a game like Castlevania is yeah. 25 minutes, yep. maybe. Yeah. But you would play it for months. But you would play it for months. Because that's how long it would take you to actually right. get to memorize patterns. So that, that, to that difficulty was uh, value, you know, for your mm -hmm. game, for your $50 game, and that's just not necessary anymore. Like, you know, but there they, are still hard games today, right? Yeah. Like Dark Souls 2 is a yep. game coming out very sure. soon. Uh, FTL is another recent game. Like, there are still, if that's kind of what, if that's what you are looking for in a game, I think there's still a lot of examples today. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do think, uh, I talk a lot on GameScoop about how much, why I like the indie scene so much. Mm -hmm. And I do always go back to it, though, because that democratic nature of it, there's more games coming out than ever before on more platforms, easier to self-publish, that there's something for everybody. Like, whatever you're into. If you're a little kid that just wants to, like, you know, relax, play something casual, you know, you can play Farmville. The new Mario games make it impossible to die if you die after, like, five times. Um, or if you really are looking for a hardcore, rewarding experience, like there's that too. Like whatever you want is out there now. It's great. What do you guys do? You guys like hard games? I like <laughs> challenging your thoughtful ones. Ones that are cheap are the ones that are always like, okay, no yeah. thanks. Like, right? well, so what's an example? Want me to think about it? Okay. <laughs> well, like here's the thing. You you just named. Uh, <laughs> you 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 just nailed it. Basically, like the the, the you nailed it. The genres we have now, the opportunities we have now, make it actually uh, like it's easier to give up on games because right. you can go, I don't need this. You know, I can right. play a game on my phone or I can play something else somewhere else. Like there's, it's when I was a kid, I got Battletoads and I had Battletoads. And if when people <laughs> ask me what what games you have, it's I would say worst. Battletoads. Like if you rented it, yeah, and that was your game for the weekend. For a and week, you yeah, the wrong it game, was. it's like well, yeah. There's no like there's another thing. Like if you get stuck. That was you're it. just you're just stuck. It's either that, that or you didn't play internet. video games. You went outside. Nobody wants to do that. Like I got stuck in Star Tropics and there was no internet yet, and I just never. That was it forever. Yeah, like I died a bunch of times in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Returns recently, yeah. or Tropical Freeze Tropical yeah. Returns, and uh, it, does, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what did I do? I was like, screw this. I'm gonna go play more South Park. Right. And I did that. And I don't know if I'll go back to Donkey Kong now. Something will have to like entice me to do that. So it's like, what? Are you gonna do it again? No, I'm not, I'll leave when I blow my nose. By the way, if you've ever watched someone get sick, it's right now. Right now, I walked in fine, and now I'm like all... It's get, happening. And it's Are you like, sick? fucking Jared Petty. Yeah, yeah, you're watching it happen right now. Does that mean we're getting sick, too? It means you, you were exposed to the exact same time I was. Coco was a nightmare of a bunch of <laughs> sick people. We go, I have to come in because it's Coco. And now here I am. We, uh, right. The thing about game difficulty is that game... What? I lost it. I had a good challenging thing. Oh, South Park. There's a couple of battles in yeah. South Park where you actually have to think through what you're doing and do things in the right order and do mm -hmm. everything correctly, and that's yeah. challenging. It wasn't cheap. I wasn't mm -hmm. feeling you like I was being screwed over. I liked that. Yeah. Whereas Last of Us, Left Behind, last the last battle mm -hmm. you have to go through is yeah. just like, yeah. I'm like yeah. go to hell. And I like, I like that about South Park because I died five or six times, and I was like, damn, this is hard. And then Greg and I are like, how did you beat this guy? How did you? Yeah, oh, I use yeah. this. I use that. And I'm like, man, this makes me feel like I'm in third grade again. Like, because I'm, I'm talking. I, I mean, I wasn't texting him in third grade. No one invented that yet. <laughs> but I'm talking to my friends about strategies and stuff like that. And there's always one kid at school who's a liar who's like, yeah. oh, if you, you know, you, uh, you could turn into a frog and beat the highest boss. And you're like, you're an idiot. But you're then you be beat your friend Greg. <laughs> <to find laughs> yeah. out what. Uh, and I like that, but I, I don't like just making something impossible just to be like it's impossible. There's people that play impossible games and they brag about it. You 
don't you're want cool, it to, but you're also crazy. You, you remember, never like, want it to be the game's or your. You want it to feel like it's your fault yeah. when you lose, not yeah. the game's. Like sure. a, a good example of it, just like uh, for no reason, heavy rain. That thing where you're driving the car mm-hmm. and like button prompts are coming up like two seconds. You're like, what the hell do you want me yeah. to do here? Yeah. And the the reason that was tough is because there's nothing that leads up to that moment. Yeah, it's all of a sudden, sort of like, hey, hey it's crazy this new thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I read a big essay about how smart level one one in Mario is that it teaches you everything you need to know. That uh, the Goomba's coming at you on the first screen, and so you will die if you don't move. And so it's like that's tutorial without being like, hey man, you have a run and a jump. Yeah, like you will press buttons to avoid this thing that's coming at you, or it teaches you. Let's say you don't press anything. By pressing nothing, it teaches you that when this thing touches you, you die. Yep, sure. And on the game now, whatever thing pops up that says, Mario, Mario, you want to <laughs> learn how to jump, you can collect. Yeah, it's Yeah, that's too much. The, the, it's a great YouTube video that talks about uh, Mega Man that way. Mega mm. Man, Mega Man. When people call like, Raptor, when, I, I when I complain about hard games, people in the comments, they go, oh, you're a baby, man up, or you suck yeah. at games. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, maybe I suck at games, if that's what it is, but... I can go and play seven other games in the amount of time it'll take you to master one and call me a baby. Sure. That's, so, that's, so, that's the thing you always expose yourself to as a critic is, is docking a game points or criticizing a yeah, game for being too, too hard. Yeah. You're opening yourself up to all kinds of vitriol in the comments. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a difference between good hard and bad hard. Right. And I, in my opinion, you know, a game like Call of Duty on Veteran is bad hard. Like, it's yeah. just not... Like, if someone wants to do it, if you don't buy a lot of video games or you're that dedicated or you're that excellent at the game, sure, go through on Veteran, uh, but I don't consider it fair or fun. Like, it's too much. But yeah. That's why one of my newest favorite things, just to close this off, uh, in video games nowadays is that they put difficulty sliders. Yeah. And I can pop in. I can be like, I'm going from hard to normal. Yep. You know what? I'm going to drop down to easy, finish this boss fight, finish the game. It's fine. Yeah. I totally agree. That's what I loved about Coward. Elder Scrolls. Any game, any game that lets you adjust difficulty on the fly. Yeah. And then, like, when a game lets you do it, it's like, why not? Sometimes it'll be like, if you start on this difficulty, you're stuck in there for the whole game. The warning pops yeah. up at yeah. the beginning. I'm like, why? Trophies, why not? achievements. But like, why not just let people slide up and down on I their mean, own? Well, I think I think the, for trophies and achievements, right? It's to make you stick it out to get that honor of having that achievement. Yeah, I just think the implementation in some games is better than others. 100%. Like in Halo, you can, uh, like let's say you do everything on Legendary, but you're like, I cannot beat this level, I'm going to drop it down. All you have to do is beat that one level on Legendary. If you did all the other ones, then you still get the Legendary achievement. Yeah, like yeah. You, can, you can do them in your own order. Yeah. I have been totally spoiled now, because like, when we were kids, if I got stuck on a level or a boss or something, I would just I would try over and over again. I would spend like all day trying to get past that. But now... If I fail or die like yeah. three times, I'm like, fuck this. Yep. I'm, I'm totally done with this game. <laughs> We've for sure gotten soft. Yeah. I died once in Bravely Default and was mad. Yeah. You also can just pop on the internet and be like, how do I beat boss? That's true, yeah. yeah. Which back in the day, <laughs> it was oh, like... Oh, it's Babby form. <laughs> back in the day, it was like, well, Nintendo Power comes out in six weeks. I hope it's got to... Uh, hope for the classified information. Yeah, I hope there's one square. How do I beat game. the Red Wizard? Okay, Greg. Yeah. Uh, you had a big scoop this week. Amy Hennig Hennig, Hennig leaving Naughty Dog. Right. After she just celebrated ten years there, Mm -hmm. writer, creative director on most the on all the Uncharted's varying roles there between writer and creative director. Now, confession. Yeah. I I had never heard of this person before. (sighs) That's fine. You don't follow games. I understand. But so, like, tell us why why is this a big deal? I mean, she was like the creative force behind Uncharted. Okay. When you think of like the Uncharted stories and stuff, don't get me wrong, teams dozens of people yeah, yeah. giving input, but she's like the one they always 
pointed to, like, this is her job, is to make the Uncharted stories. Yeah. And, and since people are drawn to Uncharted, usually for the characters, that, for the stories, that's all of a sudden a crazy thing that on the not eve of Uncharted PS4. Well, so I wonder if she finished her work yeah. on Uncharted PS4. Like, did she just write the story and then... Yeah. Or, or is she not the one doing it? Uh, no, she was working on it from what we understand, and that's why Sony put out this statement saying that, mm-hmm. yep, she's left, uh, this won't influence the development timeline of the new mm-hmm. Uncharted. It, it feels weird that uh, the, their press release statement for Jack Tretton and then what they had for uh, Amy Henning in the same week was just sort of like, I mean, in, in our story, it was like she was forced out. I mean, Jack Tretton was not forced out. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and we also don't know, you know, we have our sources that tell us things, and then sometimes you hear contradictory things right. from different people, but th- that's our understanding of it, is that there was some office politicking going on. Yeah, there, the story we put up right is that she left, and then that allegedly uh, Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley, who are the guys behind The Last of Us, had some hand in quote-unquote forcing her out, and that's from multiple sources for Mitch's article. For me personally, someone who, again, has covered PlayStation forever and knows all of these people, that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Neil and Bruce are awesome yeah. dudes, like awesome, awesome developer people to talk to about the industry, about what they do. They love what they do. Now, in that same breath, so is Amy. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, right. I hate Justin. We work together fine, though. It doesn't show on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, I, you know, it's one of those things, obviously, if there's, there's always conflict at, at any job. But, like, you know what I mean? If me and Damon are mad at each other, hopefully that doesn't come through on the camera, so you can't be like, oh, yeah, well, GameScoop. They seem so close in games. You know? so, They've each other for years. I mean, it's hard to know. Like, maybe it's something, again, this is speculation on my part, but maybe it's something like, hey, we think Uncharted 4 is going in a really bad direction. Yeah. Let's talk to the bosses. And yeah, then it becomes exactly. this weird conflict. And, or, then it's, yeah. and then, exactly, then it snowballs what yeah. the actual, pers- you know what I mean? It, Until it's not like, like they're like, like literally, Neil Druckmann is like stroking his yeah. beard. Australia's growing a new beard to stroke, and they're sitting there going, "Like we gotta eliminate yeah. Amy." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. maybe it was that they uh, they went in and were like, "This is we yeah. don't like this, that, and the other." And they're like, "You're right." And then yeah. Or maybe like sources are all wrong. Exactly. Know, it wasn't That's the other all. thing too. How many people are the sources who are saying this but weren't in that room? Like right. this is this is where it gets really compli- really complicated and really really shitty because there's yeah. no else to put it right. Is the fact that the sources who said all this. Aren't these people necessarily? I don't know, right? Who all our sources are, which is how we need it to be. <laughs> but then the people who are directly influenced, how do they make a statement about that without violating the Amy's right to privacy and Naughty Dog's confidentiality? Like, there's so many things tied up now that it sucks to say, but like, will we ever know really what happened here? I no. don't know. No. I don't think you will, and that's really shitty. I mean, but, I do. Go ahead. I was going to say, but you th- you think that most of the like her contributions and groundwork to Uncharted Four. Are, are complete. I don't know. You don't know. I can't say that. Because to me, it seemed. I would have guessed. I mean, a creative director's work wouldn't have been done at this point. You don't think so? Yeah. I mean, you don't think it you, yeah. By saying that, right, you're saying so. then that everything is in the can. Like, like story wise. Exactly. And, and performance wise, right? Mm-hmm, like, yeah. she, there's video of her, obvi- like, video, like, it's like fucking handicap shit. She's on set, like, just like Neil was with Last of Us walking. Uh, Ashley and Troy through it. There's video from Uncharted three right. and two and one of her doing the same thing with Emily Rose with Nolan mm-hmm. North and whoever you imagine is in that game. She's still doing that. Yeah, because so, that's a big part of it is basically seeing that vision through all the way to the end. Right. Well. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're you know, creative director being yeah. a director at Naughty Dog is. I don't. I mean, I don't understand the, all of the industry. Don't get me wrong. Is different though for being a director on some other game. You are literally directing actors. They're in full body mocap suits. You're mm-hmm. they're doing that whole thing where they play around with each other in the unitards. And well, try you're to the one out like there's it. other writers and other people, but sure. like, you're the one that has the vision in your head. Right. Like it's you. It's your project, and to lose that, 
I mean, in my opinion, look, I'm super excited about Uncharted 4. Yeah. I, I do think this is bad news. Yeah, I, think- I mean, it's, I, what's weird is that we've lost the creative director, but we're still on the same development timeline. Right. That sound, that's weird to me. Now, granted, they've said, here's Unch- Uncharted PS4 is coming. Here's a teaser trailer with no gameplay and yeah, one voice. It's a little bit so, of a meaningless statement because we don't know what the development what, what was, timeline it's was. It's going to come out in 2020, and they're going to be like, oh, that's what sure. we had all from, yeah. from day one. That's what we planned. I'm not saying that the, you know, the game is in trouble or it's shaky or it's going to be delayed. I'm just saying the talent of Amy. Like, if you go back, she did Legacy of Kane, all of right. those games before this. That's you know, really old school. Yeah. yeah. But that's what she did. She did uh, bl- the first Blood Omen and then the other Legacy <laughs> of Kane games, and those were incredibly written. Like, yeah. the stories in those games were memorable and uh, just fantastic. Like, some of the best video game stories ever. And then she came to Uncharted. Or she came to Naughty Dog, right. and you know you can see the mark that she left on Naughty Dog. So mm-hmm. I do think that this is a blow to lose her from the studio. But you know that doesn't necessarily mean like look. There's all kinds of people that aren't Amy Hennig writing incredible games. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not down on Uncharted Four. But um, if you look at like her career, like she's she makes a real impact on the project that she yeah. Uh, yeah. is a part of. Yeah, it definitely makes you know the next the the first. PS4 Uncharted feel like a new era for the for the franchise, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's the interesting thing. Like in our in mm-hmm. our story, we talk about the fact that you know that allegedly Neil and Bruce Forster are out, and allegedly they're picking up the slack now, or maybe overseeing it or something. So to have those guys who did, who were part of the Uncharted Two team, mm-hmm. and then went on to do their own thing with The Last of Us, then now to come back to PS4 Uncharted, maybe it will feel totally different. Maybe. You know, we, we talked about, me and Colin always have these debates if Drake's in the game or how's this going to go and yada yada. Who knows what that means now that there's this Uncharted thing and we don't know. It's got no subtitle. We don't know who's in it. Maybe sure. it isn't. I mean, there, there was some speculation that with the direction that the team took with The Last of Us, um, that uh, because Uncharted was sort of stylistically campier, mm-hmm. yeah, that it, it may that may be what they're trying to get away from yeah. here. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Uncharted 4 is... Hardcore. Insanely murderous. <laughs> like, who knows? I mean, that's exactly right. It's impossible without being there in the room. We can only speculate, but it could be something as innocuous as that. Is like you know the direction that that game was going was just different, right? Or maybe yeah. they wanted it to go in a different direction and they wanted to make four like one, two, three. Like who knows? Maybe it could be. I said it was bad news, and it's hard to know for sure, but uh, I guess it's just bad news in the sense that Amy was so talented. Right. Um, well, you don't want to hear anybody le- losing their job or leaving the place, sure, or you sure. know what I mean? Leaving under, under bad terms, right? Yeah, exactly. Little tidbit, I looked her up on Wikipedia to see, I didn't know what she did before Legacy of Kane. That was the first time she came into my awareness. Her first project that she headed up, like herself, was uh, Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City. Wow. That's pretty awesome. So, there's that. <laughs> that explains why she's so good at slam dunking. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, before we go today, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Steven Santana did. He's a longtime fan. Carlos Santana's son. Yep. <laughs> he, uh, he has a problem. His friends... Cousin? Friends... Uh-oh. ...don't Ooh. like pixel art. Ugh! They can get say, fucked. Right? If, <laughs> if, they don't, if your friends don't like pixel art, I don't know if they're really your friends, Steven. He says, I tried to show my friends Hyperlight Drifter. You guys know this game? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been Kickstarter. It was successfully uh, Kickstarter. We have footage of it up here. Here it is. I actually wasn't familiar with it either, but it looks awesome. Yeah, it looks great. Of Transistor like a, and Bastion. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like uh, Zelda. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, great looking pixel art game. He says, I'm super excited for it. My friends don't get it. The pixel art style was the most jarring thing, and they didn't seem interested or understand why I thought it looked so good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing they think this way, but I couldn't figure out how to explain to them why I love pixel art games like Hotline Miami and Fez. Help me, GameScoop, you're my only hope. 
I mean, uh, the vocabulary to like describe art is challenging, right? Like, why? How can I describe to somebody why I like a Van Gogh painting? I just do. Like, it speaks to me. Like, pixel art just speaks to me. Part of it's definitely nostalgia. Yeah, like, for but sure. I, I thought it was. Like, I don't think it's just nostalgia because it's so prevalent today in indie games and that right. scene. Like, oh, I don't know. So I, I can tell you exactly why I love pixel art, and that's because uh, some of my favorite art is the stuff that's created under like this sort of defined rule set and constraints and finding creativity within those boundaries. Sure, the limitations. Sure. Like, that's very important to me is to say, uh, you know, this is only happening in graffiti or this is only happening in watercolor or cubism or, some, or pointillism or something like that. To me, pixel art is saying, what can we make with these squares? Right? Like, what, what can I, we make Batman? Can we make Superman? Can we make... And uh, you can. You can make anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it will look awesome. Right. And then no we've seen even, even, like, the most minimalist. Like, people have taken these things that are, like, a stack of four pixel arts. And they've been, like, it's four pixels. And they're, like, this is every Street Fighter character. And these four pixels. Or Mega Man or something like that. And that's, that's incredibly uh, inspiring to me is to, is to take something and to reduce it down to its absolute most minimalist. And uh, still find a way to be expressive within that. So yeah. it started out as, as restriction. It was they used that art style because the hardware was restricted back in the day, right? Right. And I think that's really cool that they figured out how to make increasingly uh, detailed images using yeah. just pixels. But today, it's a stylistic choice. Yeah. Right. So it's that's not why like, I do it's think. Not like this game looks bad. They chose to do it that way. Just like the new Sin City Two trailer is out today, and it's in black and white. Yeah. But it's not like that's not a hindrance. <laughs> I don't watch black and white movies. It's a stylistic choice. But like we we all grew up watching awesome uh, action adventure and sci-fi movies at all, and and monster movies that had uh, makeup and grotesque puppetry and all this mm-hmm. other stuff mm-hmm. that was man-made. Um, and then we reached the point where we're like, oh, we'll just make Yoda CG. Yeah. And that's like saying, I don't watch movies unless it's CG. If you're like, oh, that's clearly something somebody made. It's clearly like, no, they're... Yeah, I mean, we, we reached the point where you can do better with technology, but it doesn't mean you always should. Yeah. There's definitely backlash against that. Right? Yeah. Like, people want to return to practical effects. Um, I do think my favorite pixel art anecdote is that the only reason Mario has a mustache is because they didn't have enough pixels to, like, define... Yeah, a nose and a mouth that like to find a face. So by giving him the mustache, that separated out his face mm-hmm. and that let him look the way that he looks. They yeah, designed I, Mario one levels on graph paper. Like, I just crazy. think that I look at I look at something like that, and uh, it's awesome. It's look to me, like, that is that looks beautiful now. It looks it would have looked beautiful 15 years ago, and it'll look beautiful 15 years from now. I do think, but uh, like I don't think like Gears of War two will no. you know or something that was just like very of its time. Like you can fight for. Um, Realism and and modern games, and I think there's a great push for that, and I think it's awesome to have that kind of stuff. But something like this is timeless to me, like, mm-hmm. and I want this to never go That's away. Why I like Wind Waker so much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not Pixel, but yeah, it looks great. <clears throat> I I think uh, when I say nostalgia, like I sometimes sometimes think people poo poo that, or uh, like I don't mean it in a bad way. Like nostalgia matters, man. Like it makes people feel good. It makes me feel good. Like when I hear the Zelda chimes, or like the Final Fantasy, like, you know, uh, Overture. Like, mm-hmm. that's memories from, like, me as a kid that's been with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important. That means something to me. And it makes me feel good. And, like, pixel art makes me feel good for that same reason. Like, I, like we're getting very, very close to, like, hiring kids at IGN that are too young to have played in that era. Like, the PS1 yeah. will have been the first thing that they yeah. had a lot of exposure to. And my gut reaction might be to be, like, mad if they don't have, like, a passion for pixel art. But, like... I totally get it. Like, I feel like the only reason I do is because I grew up with it. Yeah. Like, well, that's why I like this stuff, because these kids that we hire today get to play a game like this. Brian and Albert. Yeah, and it's, 
And uh, it all just gets meshed in with all the other games they're playing. And like, yeah. that's pretty awesome to me that, that something like that can still exist. And I do think that's why there is such a pixel art movement in the indie scene. Um, part of it might be practical, you know, yeah. because they, they're the only people that don't have budgets to do you know, 3D stuff necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's mostly that. I think it's mostly the nostalgia value and you know, fond memories of Super Metroid and Zelda and wanting to put their mark on it and recreate that themselves. Sure. Um, I think it's ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really think? No, that? I, <laughs> I didn't know if you were gonna no. be a contrarian. No, no. Uh, yeah, we love pixel art. We, uh, so uh, just show your friends this video. Did you know I'm writing a pixel art feature? It's going up in a couple weeks. I didn't know it's that, but I love that. An appreciation of pixel art and why it's awesome. I look forward to reading it. Pixel art is cool by Justin Davis. <laughs> Did you know pixel art is cool? Uh, here are the six I'm reasons Justin why Davis. I like top one hundred pixels. <laughs> we should do that one. Uh, that's all the time we have this week. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. 
Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.